Hi, and welcome to Kitty Talks, the podcast that shows you how to find and follow your purpose and build a life in alignment with your soul. I'm your host, Kitty Waters, a serial entrepreneur and coach, and I'm the founder of the Network for Transformational Leaders. The podcast shares inspirational life stories that empower you to create yours. Every week, I interview top thought leaders that share their life stories, giving you advice on how you can tune in to what you're really here to do. Please go to kittytalks.com and take the free Bliss Life audio and start creating a life you love today. Talks. We share inspirational life stories that empower you to create yours. And today I have with me the gorgeous Denise Duffield Thomas. Good morning. Hi. Well, good evening. <laughs> We're opposite sides of the world. We are opposite sides of the world. So it's 10 o'clock for me, and I think it's about 7 a.m. over there for you. Is that right? Yep. Excellent. Excellent. Denise is a money mindset mentor. She takes helps women release their fears of money and take control of their finances. And for me, Denise is a real trailblazer. We know that Western women are going to save and change the world. And Denise is creating a huge tribe of them. So Denise, thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited to have you. Thank you. Well, when we talked a little bit before about this concept of purpose and changing the world, as soon as you said that, I was like, this is going to be such a juicy, juicy conversation. because it's our time (laughs) this is the time we've been waiting for and uh it's really our time to step up but it doesn't have to be scary so I want to talk about that today too absolutely absolutely and I'd love you know because obviously people kind of looking at you now you've like achieved so much and you are empowering so many women but you know you are one of us you're a normal human being (laughs) but I would love to know a little bit more about how you have tuned in really like take us back to the early days, like take us back to how you really found what it was you were meant to be here to do. How far back do you want to go, Kitty? (laughs) Because um, (laughs) the truth is, you know, I was at, I just wanted to help people solve their problems. I've always been like that. Um, At school, I was like that. And uh, I would watch Oprah after school. And then the next day I would go and tell my friends, what Oprah had told me the day before. So I always just wanted to help people solve their problems. I wanted to motivate, motivate people and inspire them. But I didn't think that was a real job. I just thought that was something I liked to do, but I still had to find my path and, and my job. So actually, I went, when I was at university, I joined a youth leadership organization that was a glo- had global chapters around the world. And so in my very early 20s, I was traveling around the world, speaking at conferences, um, running workshops on personal development, which sounds like, wow, you know, she was on the right track from really early on. But the truth is then I spent most of the rest of my 20s going in and out of jobs that I hated because I didn't think that was a real job. Interesting. Again, yeah, yeah, I didn't think you could get paid 
who gets paid just to motivate people and inspire people and talk to them about their problems? That's not a real job. So I, oh my God, I, I worked in event management. I worked in a consulting firm, but as a junior consultant, you know, just behind the scenes. I worked in the real estate industry for a little bit. And I just followed this pattern where I would last about six months and then I would just start to literally chafe at the restrictions of having to work nine to five, having, you know, a 30-minute lunch break, having to do all these things. And I would just start to go, oh, I want to start my own business. <laughs> so I would quit <laughs> and then I would start a business, but it would be something really random. Like, I know, I'll be in. I'll be a coach for men who want to do internet dating. I'll be a dating coach. And, but I wouldn't know what to do or how to get that off the ground. So I would run out of money. And then I would take a temporary job, like a waitressing job or a commission only sales job, get really burnt out, go back into corporate. And I was just on this loop for a long, 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 long time Um, until I decided and I kind of really started looking into the world of coaching and I was like this is a thing people get paid to coach people this is legit Um, and that was when I was about yeah when I was like 29 30 and I decided to to go for it because I was finally going you know what I'm just going to be honest with myself about what I really want to do and by that stage too the industry was in my awareness and I was like oh people actually do this for a living like I could do this and um, yeah, and that's that's kind of how I, I got started. Mm. Well, and it, you know, it's so true what you're saying because we are taught, aren't we, that we have to go into like traditional corporate jobs, whereas kind of you and I both know now that actually it, it's looking inside kind of what feels right for us is what we should be going towards. But obviously we don't necessarily teach our, well, hopefully the new generation of children, we will teach them to go inside and do what they want to do but it traditionally like when we were at school probably not didn't work like that no so tell us a little bit more so you I I remember you saying that you started coaching um and you basically uh get rich lucky bitch and then or get hitched lucky bitch that was what you were doing prior to obviously (laughs) the money stuff so how did you how did you tune in obviously why did you not continue with the get rich uh get hitched lucky bitch so it was 2009 I was getting married and I went on a raw food diet to lose weight for my wedding so the business was actually called raw brides um, and it was about helping women lose weight for their wedding using raw food so I basically found two things that I was doing and mashed them together and tried to make a business out of it but what I realized early on is that once I got married zero interest in talking about weddings (laughs) I was just over it and also even though I liked eating raw food I wasn't I didn't have any interest in um, becoming a a health coach or getting any qualifications around health stuff and I noticed that sometimes the advice that people in the raw food world were you know were giving I was like oh am I going to do some people damage if I continue down this road and being completely unqualified to, to teach this um so I kind of let that go and I started talking about personal development so I, I started my next blog which was just under my name and I actually didn't really start that much online I blogged every week but what I actually did was run workshops physical workshops around town I just moved back to Australia from the UK and I called up 
any place I could think of, health food stores, yoga centers, meditation centers, crystal shops, gyms even. I called them up and said, I am a, what did I, I think I called myself a goal setting expert or something like that. I would love to run a free workshop for your peeps. Um, just put them in a room. I'll come give my time freely for you and I'll run this two-hour workshop on goal setting. So I actually even put physical posters up around town for some of these um, workshops, like literally designed them myself, printed them out, stuck them on health food notice boards. And I mean, this was 2010, right? So it's not like it was in the dark ages, but people were marketing online, but I just went to real, real basics. And sometimes I would have 15 people in a room. Sometimes I would have four people in the room and I told them what I knew about goal setting. And then I said, Hey, listen, I'm also a coach. If you want to sign up for coaching sessions with me, I've got a package for you. And it was like a six session package. Um, and that was how I got started. That's how I got my first couple of clients. Mm. And where did the money stuff come from? Like, like when did that kind of develop? And, and then how, what was your epiphany? Did you have an epiphany? Think, oh, this is, this is what I need to be doing. I did, actually. So what happened was I started just coaching people on anything. You know, I'm a life coach. Bring me your problems together. We'll solve them. So I noticed that the first, you know, kind of, um, cohort of my clients, I got bored with some of their problems. And that sounds terrible, but I think it was because most of them weren't entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, and they also weren't necessarily people who had massive ambitions. And there's nothing wrong with that, but there has to be a right fit. And when you're a coach, yeah, it's really important to find the clients that really excite and energize you. And ditto for if if you're looking for a coach, you want to find someone who's really energized by the work, the stuff that you're bringing to them. Mm. And so everyone who was in a job and they'll come, oh, I'd be like, well, do you want to just start a business instead? <laughs> so I was trying to turn all of my life coaching clients into entrepreneurs. So that was the first clue. I went, you know what, what if I just coached entrepreneurs and I just kind of niched down a little bit. And every time you niche down, you feel guilty. You're like, oh, but am I being like a bitch? Am I being exclusionary? Am I being, you know, elitist? And I was like, no, I just don't resonate anymore with people's problems who are in corporate jobs who they don't like their corporate job because I just want to, I'm more excited and energized by working with entrepreneurs. So I started doing that. And then I realized that all my entrepreneur clients had massive money problems and massive money blocks. And it was something that I was actually working on myself and I had been working on myself for a couple of years. Um, and I was like, oh, well, I can just tell them what I know about money mindset. And so we started using the same concepts that I learned in my life coaching course or any personal development stuff. And I was like, what if we just apply this to money? And it was just to the one-to-one -one -one clients, right? Um, and then I thought, maybe I'll just do one course. I'll just do one group course. And I felt guilty about it, which a lot of people do because they start to go, but I feel guilty making money, but not working with people one-to-one. -one. It's like the leveraged kind of stuff starts to bring up our money blocks even more, which is fascinating. And um, I was like, I'll just do one group, group course on this money topic. And I really liked it. Mm. And then the epiphany hit, but it wasn't an epiphany for me. It was a calling. It was okay. a really strong calling. And it was like, this is the work that you're meant to do next. And I said, no freaking way. <laughs> 
<laughs> I went, are you kidding me? I don't want to talk about money. I don't want to have the target on my back of the money girl. I don't want to be exposed as a fraud of someone who just a couple of years before wouldn't open my credit card statements, was in a ton of debt. And I honestly then thought, God, I don't want to go back and do a finance degree. I don't want to become a financial advisor because that's what I thought I had to, yeah. to do to have the credibility for it. So it was actually just a really strong calling. And I ignored it for a couple of months. And then finally, I couldn't ignore it anymore. And I, I sort of went, all right, universe, I will do this if, and I had to put some conditions on it, if you make it really easy for me, <laughs> as in it's got to flow. Like I, I'm not going to fight for this. Like I'm literally not going to fight to be a money person here. So you're going to have to flow it. You're going to have to make it easy. You're going to have to bring clients to me. And also I want to be really clear that I, um, I don't want to be the Susie Orman of money. Yeah. I'm just going to contribute to this conversation. So I'm not going to be an expert. I'm not going to become a financial advisor. And it was kind of like, you get what you get, <laughs> universe. <Yeah. laughs> and if that's not cool, then go, go to someone else. And the big realization for me was that I really did care about women and money. Um, it was a real source of passion for me, a personal passion as well because of my upbringing. So I just went, you know what? I'm happy to contribute to this conversation. I don't want to be a guru. I, I'm not going to be a guru. Mm. And, and you're going to have to be okay with that. Mm. And, and once I did that and I kind of let myself off the hook, um, it did flow. It really did. And my business has grown, not without effort, hasn't been effortless, um, but it felt like the right path. Mm. And, and it's just continued and it's deepened for me along that path. Wonderful. And what, what I'm really hearing for you, from you, Denise, which is really what I want to encourage our listeners to do, is like, A, you took massive action, like, you know, phoning up those people. <laughs> I'll do a workshop for you on goal setting or I don't really know what. You were just like, you were taking a consistent action. I can hear that from what you were saying. And then is it fair to say that it's almost like the more action you took, the kind of clearer things became? So, you know, I believe anyway in life, when we are on this path, you know, we have to take the action because it's almost like the veil gets lifted, the kind of more we do. Um, is that a fair statement? It is. I think I've always just been a very imperfect action taker. You know, I'll just go, I'll just step forward. I'll just step forward. But I think the thing for me is you come at a fork in the road. And for me, it was, okay, you know, entrepreneurs or people working in, in jobs. And that was one fork. But then you always find new ones. So even now, like about a year ago, someone asked me if I was interested in buying her business. And she teaches... Um, how to make money, as in, you know, very specific strategies. And that was a fork in the road too, because I went, oh, do I want to teach how to, or do I want to focus on mindset? So I think the action helps because yes, the veil does lift, but I've also been someone who is in constant inquiry about myself and my strengths. So I love personality tests. I think um, finding out more about your innate personality can be really powerful because then I went, oh, no, that's actually an easy decision. I don't teach people how to. I focus on mindset. Um, even to the point of like, am I going to add coaching back in? 
there's just all these little forks in the road. And what helps you make that decision is more information about yourself. So um, I love my learning about my money archetypes, which is Kendall Summerhawk's amazing course that I'm certified in. I love Strengths Finder. Um, I love all these different things because then it makes those decisions easier. And sometimes you'll take the wrong fork for a little while and then you go, I just ask myself, what doesn't feel good about this? Or what, what could feel better? And then that can help you refine it as well. And I'm still refining it today. There's still decisions that I'm making for next year. And I'm you know, asking myself, hang on, what's going to best serve my purpose here? What's going to best serve my strength? Um, and so that's going to be, I think, a constant process forever. Mm. And that's a really beautiful way to do it, though, is to ask, like, like you said, be in constant inquiry and just kind of literally as simple as go back to how it makes you feel. You know, does it make you feel good or does it make you feel okay? Do you want to do that? No. But then saying that, you did uh, you did say that when you um, got your calling initially, you were like, oh, I'm not sure I can do this. <laughs> Absolutely. Because it felt too big and I was putting too much importance on it. Because I think that's the message that we're taught sometimes is that we have to be Oprah or it doesn't count. And so we sometimes feel like these decisions that we're making are going to bring just something huge straight away instead of realizing that most of these decisions just bring incremental change into your life and then you can handle the next bit and the next bit and the next bit. It's not suddenly going to be the floodgates opened um, and you're going to be, for some people it does, but it's not going to be like, oh, you're on and you're going to have your own talk show tomorrow and you're going to have this massive target on your back. You, you build your business and you build your purpose, I think, incrementally so you can handle it. Um, and I don't know really what I was scared about then because not that many people were reading my blog. I had a very small business when I felt that calling, um, but I was making it more serious than it was. Mm, well, that's one of the dangers that we all have, isn't it? That we overthink. We just overthink so we don't do anything. We kind of get paralyzed by fear or we just kind of scare ourselves where in reality, like you said, it's kind of that one foot in front of the next, in front of the next, in front of the next. So exactly. So I'm gonna ask, like we we were talking before we came on air, like now is our time as women. I truly believe that Western women will change the world, and I really believe that the sooner we tune into our you know, our purpose as such that has an impact on the planet, the quicker we can make that difference. Um, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I totally agree with you. Um, but I think sometimes that can feel really scary too for women, right? Because we feel like, oh, if I'm going to be a leader, does that mean I have to be a politician? Does that mean I have to be the loudest? Does that mean I have to be an extrovert or I have to be um, on stage or I have to do all these things? And sometimes it can feel really uncomfortable. But the truth is that we've all got our own leadership role to play. And that does not mean you have to be a politician. I have no desire to, to lead in that way. But sometimes your leadership role can be as an encourager. And I actually feel like I'm more of an encourager than, um, you know, the person in the front, leading from the front. I'm definitely like, hey, you can do it. So the world is crying out for leaders of all different shapes and sizes at all different levels in all different industries now. And the best illustration I can think of is that women now, because we're, you know, we are stepping up and we are creating our own businesses we're actually creating our own economies and when we know 
if you look at your friends or even people you look up to in the industry, when women get a little bit more money, they do spend it in different ways to men. And you can just, even people listening now, you know, have you hired another woman with the success that you've created in your business? Yes. Have you bought from another female run business? Yes. And that could be anything, you know, from homemade stuff to jewelry to whatever. And have you donated to a cause that helps women and children around the world? Mm. This is what we do when we make money. And I've heard even people say stuff about, you know, the personal development industry or the coaching industry of like, oh, it's just one big pyramid scheme and it's just people coaching each other. And it's like, well, no one says that about the, the, the male self-help personal development industry, which has been going on for decades and decades. And what we're creating here, it's real money. This is real abundance that we're creating. And it's not just abundance for ourselves or to, you know, buy a new car or a new house, although that stuff is cool too. But we do spread and we do um, spend our money in ways that enrich not just ourselves but other women around the planet, which has a knock-on effect to, you know, to their lives too. Mm. So I think, um, yeah, I used to be really scared of that leadership role and think it had to be a battle or it was going to be me alone and putting my head up to, you know, to get <laughs> locked off, tall mm. poppy style. But that's not the case anymore. The case is that we're, we've got purchase power. You know, when we step up, we create our own money. We have more of a say because money still runs the world, let's face it. And we can use our wealth for good. But we can only do that if good people have more money. So don't begrudge yourself and don't begrudge other women in your industry or other industries for making money because we can often be our own worst enemy around that. You know, we can oh, I can't believe what she's charging, you know, or that's too expensive. Mm. We have to really support each other as well and not um, not perpetuate a, a poverty mindset mm. in our industries either. Mm. Yeah, I, I think it's a um, really interesting time for women on the planet because obviously we're now, we're still, you know, the, probably the major caregivers. We're now ex expected almost to earn money where we weren't in previous, you know, my pet mother's generation. Um, and so we're juggling, typical women, we're juggling and we're multitasking so many things. Um, and obviously to do that well and to, to still, you know, look after our kids and still have the kind of the careers we want, we, I think, you know, we really have to show women that there's a way, a different way of doing things. Um, and like you said, I think we can have a really positive impact on our on communities online and locally. And I want to give a really small example of this that I see for women in our community. The reluctance to even hire a very part-time cleaner to help you clean your house. And this is just a perfect example of something that doesn't cost a lot of money. You don't have to have it every day, even, you know, once a week, once every two weeks to help you. And it's like we're pressuring ourselves. I'm not because I don't clean my own house anymore. But we're pressuring ourselves that we have to make the money and then we have to be the ones to clean the bathtub on a Saturday morning as well. Um, out of somewhat misguided feeling that we have to do it all or we feel guilty about it or we feel guilty about asking other people to do that for us. And... We've got to stop that. You know, your book is not going to be written if you are constantly doing things that don't create income for yourself and your family. 
you your business isn't going going to grow if you refuse to get any help in your life. So that takes a little bit of courage at the start, but that's also building our own economies. You know, the amount of people that I hire and, and you know, sometimes it's very casual kind of, you know, once a week position or some people come every day to help me. But that's creating an economy. That is spreading the wealth. And my life is so much easier that I don't have to clean my own toilet because nobody's paying me to do that. I can use that time and energy to write my next book, mm. to, um, you know, to help someone else be inspired in their life. So we've got to get over the guilt of having to do it all and having to do it all ourselves because that's the way forward to help change our lives and to help change other people's lives too. Each time you do that, that it gives another woman permission to do it as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, if everybody concentrates on what they're good at and what they really enjoy and love, you know, like, you know, I'll give you an example of Charlie who works with me. She's totally in her element doing what she's doing, whereas all the admin and operation stuff that she does, I just can't do. So why would I do it? You know, it's much better to give it to somebody that's in their element, in their power, and they're, they're in their purpose doing what they love. So I would love to know, Jenny. Exactly. And I just want to touch. It's okay. No, no, you go. I was going to go back to the cleaning thing, but I think we can. No, please. I love to. Go on. Carry on. Carry on. By all means. Okay. Um, so I've had cleaners since, oh, my God, way before I could afford it, back when I was living in London, like 2005. And I think sometimes people feel really guilty about hiring someone to come in and clean their house. And there's no shame in that. You know, I cleaned offices at university. At, when I was at school, my mum cleaned houses. You know, she needed that flexibility and she needed that income to do it. And, you know, we've had, we've had students clean our house. We've had people who needed that particular job. Because sometimes people think almost a guilt of like, well, why should I be able to do the things that I want to do and live in my purpose? And feel guilty about people who are cleaning houses. And you just go, well, you know what? Sometimes at times in your life, I've needed that kind of job to help support me. You know, when I was studying or doing other things, um, or I just needed the money. So don't feel guilty about creating a job for somebody else. Mm. That's all I wanted to say about that. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree. And like you said, I think... Um, the more we focus on the bits that we're really good at, like I've now got to the stage where I just focus on what I really love doing. You know, I've literally got rid of everything else. Like I love doing this. I love doing my talks. You know, I love going and sourcing property and, and all that, those stuff. That's the, the things I really enjoy. So I've just literally, I remember getting to the stage where I wrote a list of the things I just wanted to do and, and everything else I was going to get rid of and outsource and, and get somebody else to do them who really enjoyed it. And like you said, it makes life a lot more enjoyable and a lot more fun and lovely and flowy. <laughs> so I would love to know, Denise, what is next for you? Because obviously I have watched your evolution and I think you're doing amazing work empowering women on the planet to let go of their money stuff and step into their greatness. But uh, I'd love to know kind of what's on the horizon for next year. Well, yes, we have been through a big evolution recently. And when I say we, my hubby's also mm. in the business. Well done. So, yeah, that's been an interesting, we could we could do a whole call on that, to be honest, yeah. because 
there's so many lessons that come from that of you know even the process of retiring him you know it um was it was a multi-year project basically let's put it that way but um at the start of this year I really started to feel a bit itchy and I started to really question my purpose and this happens to me every January but this one was really super strong because I started questioning um just every every bit about my business and you know how can I most serve and what's going to be the most effective and what's going to be the most enjoyable for me too um so we decided to let go of our main brand which was luckybitch.com mm-hmm. um and that was because I was starting to feel like it was closing more do- doors than it was opening for me and it was starting to just be a bit of a limiter I still really think the brand was was great you know for that time in my life it was exactly what I needed as a bit of a memorable cheeky kind of fun brand but I started to feel like you know what's just not me anymore um so that was the first big change that we made in 2017 it was just like okay we're gonna let that go and we're gonna um, just launch onto my own name again which felt like the really right decision The next thing is for me, um, I'm going into the world of traditional publishing, which is a big change. Um, So I can't can't mention it yet because the actual dotted line isn't signed, but um, my dream publisher is taking over my first two books, Lucky Bitch and Get Rich Lucky Bitch. I don't know if the names will change, but they will republish them under their umbrella. And then the new book will be coming out in March 2019, which feels like forever away but this is the world of traditional publishing um so that's going to open up some new avenues I'm guessing um but the other thing that I want to expand our family I want to have more kids next year so I have to simplify 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 um I want to make sure that we're not creating a ton of new stuff that we're really getting to the essence of what we're helping women to do and yes it's still money but it's not just going to be about money we're taking it to one level bigger I suppose and it's about leadership of women to change the world and money is a massive part of that but that's not what I'm going to be leading with if that makes sense it will be like hey we've got to be leaders in this world there's there's big stuff that we've got to do sort your money stuff out yeah love it it's a part of it yeah and it's still unfolding for me I'm not pushing it I'm not you know I'm in the questioning mode what am I going to be talking about and it's not going to be fundamentally different but I know it's one step far removed from some of the practical stuff that I've probably been talking about for the last couple of years you know I probably won't be talking about here's what you should price your stuff at but it's more like well what's the mindset behind that how can you be a leader around your pricing so for me it's just gone one kind of level bigger in the work mm-hmm. and it's you might think you know oh well other people are really methodical with their processes around that I'm just sitting with it <laughs> I'm just sitting with it I don't know the answers yet and um, I'm not pushing it. Beautiful. Well, I think, you know, you've already demonstrated so beautifully that your purpose has evolved, you know, and taken you to where you are now. And like, it sounds like you've got some really beautiful skills where you just sit and you see how it feels and you make the decision from there. And I think that's something that everyone listening can really take on board from this interview. You know, the answers aren't outside of us, they're inside of us. So just take that space and get clear but now I really want to thank you Denise so much for joining us here at Kitty Talks I know you sharing your life story 
and how you tuned in will really help people listening. And we're obviously going to have all Denise's details in the show notes. uh, So you will be able to connect with her there. But thank you so much for starting your day by coming on Kitty Talks. (laughs) Thank you, Kitty. I really love this conversation. And um, I would love if anyone's got any ahas. My Instagram is at DeniseDT. And that's always my favourite place to hear people's ahas. I would love to hear from you. Yes, we'll have all of Denise's details, her Instagram and her website and everything in the show notes. And I wish you all the best of luck. Can't wait to read. Is the book written? Is the book all finished and done and dusted? And It's not, no. Um, I actually started, I've probably about 10,000 words in. I actually started it when my baby Georgie was born and he's 16 months now. So I haven't really done anything on it in the last six months. But my um, my submission for when I have to put it, the manuscript in is July next year. So it feels like it's a long way away. <laughs> I'm like, I've got plenty of time. Um, but I'm really going to start it in earnest in November because we're spending all of October in America doing a, a tour, a venture. Um, so I've got to, I've got to really crack on November, December. Well, I wish you all the best with it. And uh, yeah, thank you once again for joining us here on Facebook. See you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Kitty Talks. Be sure to head over to our kittytalks.com website and become a member of our exclusive club and you'll get free interviews and access to our private Facebook group exclusive webinars and secret success interviews. See you there.